of Ash and Flow. This is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. And we're back, right, Flo? We're back. Welcome to this episode of the Unbillable Hours podcast. Ash, where we try to tackle one of the more painful but important questions in professional services marketing, which is, how do you even make the case for it? Well, it's like more why, than how do you make Why do our jobs even exist? <laughs> you know, to say, yeah, exactly. What's the raison d'etre for like marketing? Like, can't the whole business just, you know, run on sales? Because ultimately, it is about conversations and you are pitching stuff, right? So why do you need to market exactly and how does marketing kind of evolve in the current space because the basic principles as you were saying earlier in our conversation flow they haven't really changed yeah. but the channels and vehicles to drive these things have changed so yeah maybe maybe to just again base people in the in the setting or in the setup is i think we've all had these discussions right you run into partners you run into practice leads who maybe don't think too highly of marketing or marketing efforts or how it's done and so forth. So they 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 do question the value of it. And I, I've seen quite a few LinkedIn posts and stuff out there about how nobody's got the time to work for a CEO who doesn't get marketing. And if for you, that's the case, just find another company to work for and so forth. And I agree with that in principle, but the reality of it is just that, A, there's a lot more CEOs who don't get it my guess, and those who get it, mm -hmm. B, those who don't get it are totally redeemable, right? They're just human beings, so they can learn. It's not a forever situation. So Yeah, there is no such thing as yeah, you can't. And, and then C, my argument also would be being able to open people's minds and change stuff is fundamentally a skill in marketing. You need that all the time. Like That's what you're doing. So you should not really have a problem doing it internally. <laughs> so, sorry yeah, for that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's think about it this way. Ultimately, regardless of where you're marketing, whatever, it's about packaging, your yeah. messaging, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pack it's packaging, and I think the or it's, it's packaging, and I think the it's just a, it's just a reality of of the of our weird little industry. If you want to stay in professional services, mm -hmm. you you better figure out how to build commitment for doing marketing strategically. That's just the, because the maturity of the industry is such that th there's not too many spots where you could go and people get it. And it's like huge hurrah rah marketing. Everybody loves it. And I think even in companies to, to stick with the idea of these LinkedIn posts for a little bit, even if you find a CEO who gets marketing, that CEO probably still has a VP of sales or someone in finance who mm -hmm. doesn't get it. So just, just, you know, don't run away in and search greener pastures would be my recommendation, but work on your own skill set. Uh, or skill or ability to to make the case as, as we put it and update yourself on what we're doing in the current phase because if you put like 50 different things on there as soon as you go in that's not a conversation do you do you just go and talk to a person and say here's 50 topics i'm going to talk to you about no you mm -hmm. have something pointed so yes once you start on one area you go into the different details and marketing should be advising you on this kind of stuff and that's one of the key roles of marketing to understand all these new areas, give advice to your business and sales colleagues on how to leverage this in the right way 
and then continue and fortify the relationship aspect. And that I think brings us brings back to the question then if you have if you have a business counterpart who doesn't get the why and the the hows and so forth of marketing, how do you how do you make the case for it? Like how do you make sure there's enough commitment inside the organization? And and to be clear, I think just because some of us have it tough because the business is sort of resisting certain aspects of becoming more marketing driven. Mm-hmm. Um, we always have to give the firm credit because if they hired you, that means they it's have so some sort of interest, right? They have already invested to bring someone in to do marketing. Okay, now they're struggling with the change a little bit, but you have to help them through it, right? So, so how can you do it? So I think what, what we discussed. I just want to add yeah. one thing before we get into that. That also means two things. A, you sold yourself well enough. You marketed yourself well enough to get the job, so you still have the skills to do that. And B, intuitively, they realize that you can actually scale them in the way they want. So there is that trust that yeah. came in right as they hired you. And, and if you don't capitalize and use on that, that's kind of on you more than on them. It yeah. is on them, but mostly on you. That's that's. I mean, that that's that's a nice way of, of framing it, really. And I think that's a good. That's also a good starting point. Or it's, uh, but it's not sufficient, right? So you have to mm-hmm. have some sort of yeah. method or some sort of way to, to, then continuously make the case for marketing. And I think as you and I discussed about, some way of doing it. So, I think we we want to have conversations about three questions first. So three mm-hmm. types of conversations, and then we want to do a fourth thing, which we can get into at the end of it. But I think the, the first thing we have to do is the first conversation that is probably worth having early on is to seek out the business decision makers and have a conversation about whether or not they think the current business development model, whatever that looks like, let's say it's more sales-led, it's driven by the partners and their Rolodex, right, and networking and so forth. So I have a like conversation just, about whether or not they think it's it's working. That's the first I'd like question to, I need answered. I'd yeah. like to interrupt just for this one bit. I agree with that point completely, but I think before that, you also need to understand where they want to go. Like what you're talking about is the vehicle, but if you don't understand where they want to go and their vision, it's hard to like. Yeah, I vehicle. mean, fair. Yeah, but that to me that would be. I mean, that's probably included in the conversation because if I ask them, you know, do you think business development is working? They'll probably reference where they want to go. Like, and, and they say, yeah, we're trying to grow fifteen percent this year, but we, you know, we can only seem to be able to make eight or whatever, or we're only on track for eight. So, yeah, you're right. But the context is is important in that. So, but but this first question, um, asking it is usually a good way to ground everybody in the same mm-hmm. perspective. And to establish the right framing of the question, why do marketing or, or sort of leading towards it? Because that's in, in essence, that's what it is. It's just a better way of doing business development. So, and that's like a consulting thing to do, right? Establish the burning platform. So how, how can you show that the current model is the burning platform? I don't know what your perspective is, Ash, but I would always say, I'd look at metrics like what are the actual costs of winning business we have here, right? And if you don't have marketing program spend yet, or it's not transparent, try to ballpark it. But very importantly, also ballpark the hidden costs. So partners time that goes into whining and dining clients, flying around, meeting people, all the effort that goes into answering RFPs and all that stuff, right? So because th- there's always a cost of business development and you could just look at how much are we spending here to bring $100,000 worth of revenue through the door, right? And then that, leads to a more productive, more specific discussion about, are we happy with that? The second 
another parameters and we've talked about those in previous episodes is you can look at how much time does it take for, for us to, you know, if someone comes to us wants to buy, um, how much time do we spend until that becomes a deal and then also revenue, like these types of things, these type of data, that's that's a good alleyway. But then to your point, where do I want to go? We can also ask, is where does business currently come from and is it enough, right? So mm -hmm. the, 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 the sheer financials aside, if 80, 90% of business comes from referrals from your existing friends or from, it's not even net new revenue, but it's it's revenue from existing clients, depending on where you want to take the firm towards, yeah, that might be not enough or it might even be a business risk, right? Because what if those yeah. referrals dry up? What yeah. if those close friends, you know, move to other pastures? So these things are worth exploring in, as part of the, the, the first question, I think. Do you have another, do you have one more? No, actually, how happy are we with the current model? I, I'm, look, you actually gave me a really amazing idea of how to frame this whole thing within the hero's journey. But okay. I feel like that could be a completely different episode, so I'll leave that to you to decide. I mean, yeah. cut this off. But but essentially, think about the marketer as the hero's journey kind of thing. They are a stranger in a strange land. So it's interesting because the way I looked at it differently, I thought the the the, the firm or the business guys are the hero. And they have to go on the journey and the marketing people they are they are so they are so they are luke skywalker and we are what's his face obi-wan kenobi or or uh, yoda right we have to help them along but the first step is to make them realize they have a problem and and that's where you have to this the how happy are we discussion by the way if you have those conversations and you find out everybody's tremendously happy you can park this idea of marketing transformation for a little bit because obviously there's no pain to be resolved, right? But or, or it just, becomes a different discussion about how much better could we be and do we even want to be better than that? But that's a different scenario. It's a different topic where I'll just say that you could come into a role for three reasons. One, you could come in to drive change. Two, you could come in to keep operations running. Three, you could come in to close things out and then start the journey again. But we can get into that later. Yeah. No, that's good. But I mean, this is the first idea is have a discussion about how happy are we, right? Where's business coming from? Is it enough? And is it, are we acquiring it efficiently and quickly enough or are we paying too much and does it take too long, right? Does it, yeah. constrain, does it actually constrain the growth of the firm instead of helping it? And, and I've, I, I'm a firm believer, as you know, that you will find out that is actually when compared to achievable benchmarks are achievable through marketing most firms are not where they could be because they're they're not marketing that anyways i mean that leads us to the to the second question then right because once we have established that maybe we are not happy and there are issues with our current existing business model we the marketers then have to do the next thing and is have a conversation about how marketing would help remedy those right or, or yes. overcome those issues and and this is i think an educational part where and and as we discussed this beforehand where you have to be specific about how how marketing as we should be doing it today helps which means that is that's a that's an educational conversation about digital marketing and how it's done in let's let's think about it this way let's start with the quick and easy wins before you go for the big challenges yeah that's digital true. marketing if you're trying to do the quick and easy wins go to the social space and start working there then think about things like the website and other channels go where things will have like a quick turnaround, which is why I yeah. said go to the social space. Yeah, that's true. But I, but I think in terms of the co educational conversation, you just have to educate people again on yeah. 
I think it's it's good to de-escalate and sort of be very clear about, and you said this before, that the, the principles of engagement stay the same. So selling consulting services, as our friend Costas said, still is very much about finding friends mm-hmm. and involving them into interesting discussions so that trust gets built. And then when yes. they're ready to buy, they can come to you and say, hey, I need help with this because you've established your expertise in the conversations. And that's, And I mean... That has always been the model, and it continues to be that. We're not changing any of that. What is changing, though, is the, the channels and the methods through which you do it, because you can have a LinkedIn post with your expertise hit a 1,000 people in a day, whereas in the past, you might have you mm-hmm. know, driven out to a place to wine and dine 15 clients to the same end result. And I think these two examples make it very clear how also, that there's, also, there's huge differences between well-done digital marketing uh, and the old school stuff in terms of reach and scalability and also cost efficiency. That's just mm-hmm. one point. Oh, and yeah. by the way, it doesn't mean you can't do the whining and dining anymore. No, it just it's means just you, you can... need to do it more effectively. Not yeah. wine and dining. Like maybe you were whining and dining 100 people. Now you can reach out to them in other ways and you just wine and dine the five yeah. key people. Yeah. Like that. so, so that's just the – and I think that honestly you have to – if you have the if you have the educational conversation, depending on who you yeah. talk to, you might have to give more context and be a bit longer. Mm-hmm. But in essence, in essence, what it what digital marketing means is you can now for almost for cheap have engagement and conversations at a large scale, and that's it. That's the difference, right? You couldn't do that before. You could do mass media communications before, right? By a TV ad, but that's just you Mm -hmm. shouting and there's no feedback. Or you could have real and engaging conversations with actual people, but you have to go somewhere in person and do it physically and with digital as a third way. And that's much more scalable and efficient. And that's that's the change, right? And you have to make the best use of that. I don't know if, if if that's it. And then... Did you have anything to add? I don't know. No, I think that was no, I think that was fairly straightforward. There's not much to add. The whole thing is don't stuff your messaging. Yeah. Don't stuff the channels. And don't stuff like your you know stakeholders with millions of ideas. Just focus on the key things. Always think about a principle of like uh three. And yeah. if you, uh, in terms of what you want to do, and also think about like the what, 70, 30 or 80, 20 principle, where maybe you just need to focus on that small percentage of what you want to do first and then keep yeah. building on that. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's the perfect segue to the third question, right? Remember of the, of the mm-hmm. three conversations we want, uh, the third conversation of the three we want to have, which is once we have, so we have discussed, do we like our current model? Yes or no. We have determined, hopefully you have a, f- determined, no, we don't like it. We need to improve it. We have explained how digital marketing will help improve that. Now it's time to discuss exactly what you said, which is what are the steps we'll take now, the next quarter, the next eight to 12 months, right? To -hmm. begin shift the shift towards more marketing driven business in our own company. And this is exactly this conversation about the points you just touched upon, because I think these are very valid questions is, okay, are there any quick wins we could get and how will we get them what is some of the more longer term transformational stuff which we will start with at least nonetheless this quarter so essentially it's that has to be a conversation about your specific recommendations and your actual plan if if you're at the planning stage already 
for for the next whatever the period is right yeah i mean go with the vision like you would have a vision for marketing and they would have a vision for how they want the business and see how it intersects in the right way always look at the common part to victory not just your ideal goals because you need to get trust you're new and you the whole point of this exercise that we're talking about is to show the value of marketing which means to show to build trust as well and and 100 percent right what i would add to that though is to say but don't let them out on the too easily right you got to keep challenging people and saying look you you need to commit to this and help me with this as well because if you know if you make it too easy and if you try to be i would always say off service too much you you end up in a sort of over delivery situation where then everything again gets delegated to you, right? You sit there, you have to come up with the LinkedIn posts, you have to determine blah, blah, blah. Whereas what you really need is the people from the business come to you and help you with their expertise, give you the materials to work with and so forth. Yeah, we've had so many people talk about thought leadership, right? It's the same way. You as a marketer who's writing, who's packaging and working on this piece of thought leadership are not the subject matter expert. You're not the thought leader. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) The subject matter expert has to come and tell you all the stuff. They may not be able to tell it in like a structured way that you read in the thought leadership, but interview them, get all the stuff and then package it, get the thing written right and all of that stuff. That way it's a collaboration. You're not the expert. They are. And they're not the marketer. You are. Get just, that just, working relationship together. Yeah, which is just, you, you just give me an idea because I hadn't spelled this out clearly before, but I think it's a very important point of the what are we going to do conversation is also be very clear and specific about the, the inputs you will need as you start mm-hmm. building this. Because we, we talked about thought leadership just now, but there's more stuff than that. For example, yes. for marketing to be effective, and we've had episodes about this, the business has to make strategic decisions around segmentation, maybe positioning, I don't know, pricing, whatever all of which aren't yours to make, right? It's not your business yet. I don't know but what your ambitions are. But so that's all, that these are other things where you have, you completely reliant on the inputs from, from the business side. And you, the best way to kick this off the right way is to be clear about it. So there can be a discussion. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, I think that gives us the three conversations to have, right? Yes. Why is what we currently doing not working? How could marketing help improve upon that? And what are the specific steps we're going to take here over the next question time? So. If that works well, you should have already won hearts and minds to a certain extent, I hope, right? In an ideal world. Yes. It would be done and easy. But I think, and and we had this addendum in the discussion before we started recording, but that's probably a fourth step, right? Which a person who's ever done change management will probably recommend is you have to go in and now celebrate the, the successes you have. And even mm-hmm. if they're tiny. And I don't know who, I can't, I if I... Remember, I'll go into the show notes and give credits, but I've heard it recently on someone's podcast, not ours, where they talked about just sharing very early qualitative feedback on stuff in a company-wide Slack channel. And I thought that is a freaking brilliant, like for just very realistic scenario, you're turning on the social media engine and you're starting to post stuff that works on LinkedIn versus just reposting the from press yeah. releases no one wanted to read yep. in the first place. So now you have some, you've created some content that's actually sort of decent or maybe even very good, depending on mm-hmm. where you are. And it's beginning to work. Like that is something you would totally put and just hammer it in that Slack channel. Look at like, look at Tuesday's post. It's getting six X the, the, the reach and engagement of what we typically do, right? Because that in itself, of course, isn't proof of the worth of marketing or 
the ROI on hiring you and having you build the strategy, but it's sort of a drip feed. What you do is you, you establish a drip feed that shows people this is working, this is working, this is working, which back to your point, Ash, that, that's how you build the trust over time because mm-hmm. do that for two months and people will be like, yeah, they know what they're doing here. There's like a, yep. I hear good news about that stuff like every week. I don't know exactly what they're doing, but I could go in there and look because they're, they're oversharing and a lot of it seems to be okay, right? So that is the fourth thing I mentioned at the beginning is have those three conversations. And then as you start, keep them going by feeding people updates on what you're doing and how it's working. Because like, if you're a practice leader, marketing stuff is like 2% of your agenda per week, if that, right? Yes. So they, they will... They will just for they will not even forget. It's just it's just not as a much of a priority it is for themselves as it is for you. So having this constant reminder makes sure that in those two percent of the time you get, they get a clear picture of oh this is working, which that'll help reinforce the case. I think. So Flo, do you want to like summarize for our list? Yeah, I, into I, the I, four in the four points basically because I you, think you've been I think yeah, it. we said have so how do you make the case for marketing? You have three conversations. A first, you establish why the stuff we're currently doing isn't working. Like, what are the issues we see? We being the business, yeah. Because now you're just talking to their problem, no longer mm-hmm. to your perspective and solutions. Then next, you educate them on how will marketing help remedy this, which is also your way of explaining what marketing actually is these days and how it's done in high level terms, right? Not too much detail, but still. And then you can talk about what are the specific steps you are going to take to help the company embrace that type of marketing you just explained, right? Very practical and tactical maybe. And then then fourth step, yeah, keep, keep it going and just find some mechanism to update people constantly and, and share and celebrate the tiny wins. Um, to build momentum. I think that's that's another important one. Is and on that note, that is a really good place to close for this week. We we can close. I have just one last question for you, oh. Ash, to put you on the spot. Like let's say listener goes through all these motions mm-hmm. and still find themselves working at a place that still doesn't get it. Is that then a recommendation to move? It probably is. <laughs> it's a recommendation to move. Like, this is actually two things. A, do great are you work able elsewhere. Forge yeah. something there, or if you're not able to forge something there and they're still not listening to you, use the time to optimize everything that you're running so that it can work in an automatic fashion while you build your own reputation on the side as a thought leader in marketing or use the time to yeah. find your exit opportunities and go where you're needed the most. There are multiple yeah. ways to do this, but make sure that as a marketer, you also self-realize your own values and your own ethics. Yeah. And I think that, that brings us back to the to the initial point about the, the LinkedIn post recommending you find someone who gets marketing. I totally get that that is helpful for your overall career because it accelerates stuff, right? In some way. Yeah. But, and so, and I'm not saying stick around a firm which doesn't get it and try to change them forever, right? But Mm -hmm. give it one good try in a deliberate fashion. Uh, I would always do that. And here's why, because it helps you build your own skill of making change. And that is a very, very hard and very, very sought after skill, which people who always, you know, abandon ship in, in search for the easier opportunity, they don't build that skill and, you know, uh, maybe that's a, a thing worth considering. Anyways, is, I'll, I'll stop yeah. the recording here. Oh, sorry. 
No, no, go ahead, go ahead. That's all good. Okay, I'll go ahead and stop and hope you'll you'll have a nice weekend eventually, Ash. Speak all soon. right then. Speak all soon. Right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 